0: You are listening to Booze, Bullshit, and True Crime. That's Wade.
1: And that's Brie.
0: Whoa! We're going to talk about some gnarly shit. Some gnar-nar. What are we going to talk about?
1: Some... Gnarly Vigilantilenses. Whoa. Right? That's how you say that Vigilantilese word? Let's try it again. Vigilantilese?
0: Vigilantilese. Vigilantes. Oh, <laughs> <Vigilantes.
1: laughs> uh, I didn't do the case right, though.
0: <laughs> What's a no, <vigilant? laughs> Whatever the fuck you said.
1: Kidding. I'm just
0: kidding. <laughs> uh, so it was a... Uh... Kind of a long week. We had people over literally all weekend this weekend. It was really fun, but I'm really tired.
1: Yeah, I think we had a real hard day today at work.
0: All three and a half hours we were there and then told to go home. Mm-hmm. And not to show up tomorrow. Mm-hmm. So that's good. Mm-hmm. I mean, we know we're going to go back to work eventually... I'd be very surprised if we did not. But Mm -hmm. how long is it going to take?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You okay? Mm Mm-hmm. Are you sure?
1: Mm Mm-hmm.
0: Can you just say "Mm mm-hmm? Yep. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) But we basically uh, sat around here because we were so excited to see everybody when they got up here on Saturday. And then Sunday rolled around, and it was all overcast and dreary. So what? D- Jerry? Dreer, dreary.
1: Oh, it's not like you said Jerry.
0: It's all overcast and Jerry sign failed. <laughs> exactly. I didn't say that right either. Sign failed. Sign failed. Um, We fire danced. That was fun. I
1: uh, want to pet that dog.
0: I want to pet that dog. I want to pet that dog. <laughs> you have never even been on TikTok.
1: No. But I want to yeah. pet that dog.
0: <gasps> oh my goodness. What else? Anything else interesting? Nothing. Yes.
1: That's why we talk about interesting things. Because nothing interesting happens in our
0: lives. I feel like... Whoa. <laughs> Broke <laughs> off there <then>. whoa. <laughs> I feel like our lives are pretty interesting. Me and my friend Anissa are going to start an Etsy business. So I will shout that out when it gets more finalized. But I'm learning... I'm learning how to make salves. So I have this like bedtime one that makes you sleepy. That smells pretty good. I think.
1: I like them both.
0: And then I have a pain salve. And that one has like cayenne and ginger and peppermint in it. Icy hot. It is homeopathic tag bomb. And I'm super excited about it. Super pumped. So, I've been learning to make that stuff. That's been fun. We're going to do candles and soaps and all that shit as well. In time.
1: Fun times.
0: I didn't do any background whatsoever. Nor did I. You want to go first?
1: No, not really.
0: You should, because I always go first.
1: What the fuck? Who cares? We'll make it spontaneous when I go first.
0: No, I okay, it's spontaneous. I fucking want you to go first. Yes, you go first. I'm telling you. No.
1: No, I'm not going first.
0: I waited for your ass all day. I don't fucking care how long you waited. To get these notes done. Go first.
1: No, it's your podcast. You go first. Come on. Why do I have to go first?
0: Because I always go first and I want to drink a little bit of wine before I talk about this really sad case that I have.
1: You just don't want to talk right now.
0: Why are men such babies?
1: I don't know. <laughs> Why do not you ask somebody? <laughs> Why are you such a big fat baby? I don't know. Make my notes work.
0: I made your tummy full. And you didn't even say thank you.
1: Motherfucker, I went down to Fresno and picked up the groceries and so I you said, can make the food. Thank you. Yes, and I said thank you. By the
0: way, he picked up the groceries like a day and a half ago. He's being really dramatic.
1: A day and a half ago? It was literally yesterday. Today is Monday. Yesterday was Sunday. It's the
0: end of the day. It was the beginning of the day yesterday. Day <laughs> and a half, <laughs> it motherfucker. Listen,
1: I picked them up at the end of the day. You I love that we suck. use
0: this time to argue about this right now. You You're welcome. Suck. <clears throat> suck something. Mm-hmm.
1: Every once in a while. I heard that. <laughs> Oh, my God. Okay. So, my case is... It's vigilante justice. But it also has a lot to do with how society can look at vigilante justice.
0: Can you explain what vigilante justice means?
1: Meaning that... Instead of you going through the normal avenues of the law, you just take orders into your own hands and serve your own justice. Do it your goddamn self. Yeah, do it your own fucking self. (laughs) Yes. And what did they used to call it back in the day? Pioneer justice or something like that is the one where, like, the victim's family pretty much ran your ass down... Captured you, found a tree, threw a rope over the tree limb, hung your ass there, and they had their own partying and... Yeah.
0: That sounds intense.
1: And then there's some some other sort of
0: What's with people in history letting children witness hangings? Show them. It doesn't seem like no it idea. should be a sporting event. I think it was kind of about that though. Yeah, like I think it was. Hey, you fuck up and do something bad. That
1: and everybody was going. Did you know? that
0: If it doesn't snap your neck right when you fall, you actually strangle to death. And that takes a few minutes. Yeah. You uh wiggle around up there. Wiggle around? Wiggle, 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 wiggle. Yeah.
1: Alright, so my case is about the murder of Ken Rex McLeroy. Is nope. that McElroy?
0: Yeah, here you go.
1: Sorry. My bad, Ken. <laughs> Anyways, his murder took place, like, I'm not even kidding you, plain view of dozens of residences in the early morning of this, like, extremely small farm town. The population, population was around 200 people, and I think the highest it's ever had was, like, Around 550.
0: So, if it was in view of dozens of residents and there's 200 people, literally 20% of this population witnessed this murder. Yes. Jesus. Literally.
1: I'm not even kidding you. Okay. Uh, so, the, the murder didn't really shock anybody at all. Because Rex was a notoriously brutal guy, and he terrorized the area for years. I mean, for... A lot of things that I'll talk about in a second. Okay. Uh, It was. It it had a lot to do with what, like the terrorizing of the area that he was doing, but it also had the fact that it seemed he was like he had impunity from the law, like he wasn't ever getting in trouble. I don't know. Just that's just how the cards fell for the dude, and I'll talk about a couple cases where they, you know, they dismissed the case and he walked free. Because, I mean, the sheriff of the town knew this guy by name. Pretty much every time something crazy happened, it was always like, oh, fuck, did fucking Rex get, you know, did Rex do this or Rex did that?
0: He was their village idiot.
1: Yeah, yeah, pretty much. And when he was struck down... Pretty much nobody was go Like, everybody saw no one was going to say anything.
0: When he was struck down?
1: He was shot in the middle of Main Street in the neck with a shotgun. Okay. Rexless.
0: But I thought you were going to explain to us how he got off a bunch of times.
1: I will! Fucking A!
0: The suspense is killing, Bree.
1: Okay. Anyways... Uh... the case it's to the police officers it seemed I'm sorry I'm fucking sorry I'm not in the mode right now to talk (laughs) at all so (laughs) uh, damn it I don't
0: know why this is so funny sorry continue the authorities the case should have been
1: like Open and closed case. I mean, it was middle of town. It was fucking two hundred people, half the fucking town saw it. But a freshly, or a, god damn it, someone right out of law school. He only had the job for a few months. He was an extremely young county prosecutor. It was like literally his first major and famous case ever. The prosecutor's name was David A Baird. And he had the audacity with confidence to say in the beginning of the case that this case will be solved very soon. Immediately after that, he was quoted in another interview saying that when you talk to people in the town, everybody will talk about the case, but they all have different answers. And the township, or the town people, have been silent for nearly 30 years. And Mr. Baird, he actually had to leave office without solving this case, it's still unsolved to this day. Okay. I'm just saying. Uh no one was ever brought to trial for Rex's murder, nor does anybody expect anybody to become or yeah, become a suspect in the murder ever. It was Pretty much the town got away with murder in the way of the law.
0: <laughs> okay. The way of the law. The way of the law. I hope I have more details because I'm a little confused.
1: I'm getting into it. My notes are all fucking confusing. Oh, good. Yeah, because I just got a bunch of different pa- different case files and shit like that. And this thing is annoying the shit out of me. Bree, this is why I don't go first.
0: We're, we're struggling.
1: On the struggle train. We were
0: struggling last week, too. G- I'm over God, it, damn. all of it. I'm over it, too. I'm not over how interested I am in murder, though, so I do really want to know why this guy got shot.
1: Mm-hmm. I never, it literally doesn't talk about why he got shot. I never talked about that or wrote about it because I couldn't find any cases that happened just hearsay but I couldn't confirm if like two or people said the same thing in their interviews or like neighbors or townspeople I couldn't find anybody that had like a consistent story
0: you didn't say Cheryl's quote
1: Cheryl's quote's the same as fucking Beth's quote is the same as fucking Susan's quote why
0: aren't you letting Cheryl's words be heard
1: cause Cheryl is Cheryl so (laughs) Cheryl has a god damn it Cheryl uh, Hudson was actually the daughter of a gentleman that was shot by Rex. And Cheryl actually watched the killing of Rex because her family owned a grocery store that was in the middle of town. And, like all the other town folk, she still will not say who the gunman was. Pretty crazy, right? Crazy. Anyways, when she talks about the case, her quote, which I have seen multiple like news stations and articles say the same quote by her, is that, uh, we were so bitter and angry that, at the law letting us down that it came to somebody taking matters into their own hands. She said, and she also said, No one has any idea what nightmare we lived in, and that was talking about, like, Rex's, like, terror and chaos that he brought upon the town and the town people. Because this dude was fucking crazy as shit. Like what? Uh, (sighs) god damn you.
0: Okay, you'll get to it, you'll get to it, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> no,
1: well, you were fucking so... You really just want to know what the hell this fucking guy did, so... Let's go ahead and get into it.
0: The suspense is killing me.
1: I, evidently.
0: Can somebody be so annoying they get shot in the head? Are you going to shoot me in the head?
1: Probably tonight. Oh. You're that fucking annoying. Making me search through my notes. I have no idea where in the notes it talks about then this, so... I'm just going to continue talking what I'm talking about. <laughs> okay. Okay. Jesus Christ.
0: Richard McFadden
1: Okay stop reading my fucking notes If you want me to go first let me go first Just sit there and be quiet Thank you We're not talking about Richard McFadden Which sounds like some guy That I actually did his fucking patr- parcel The other day What you just... I'm done <laughs> Oh. So you pinched my nipple Even though I'm already irritated at yes. You. That's smart dick. Okay, back to Mr. Baird, the county prosecutor. So he actually was charged with like wading through sensitive details and like moral uh, ambiguities. ambiguities. I'm not saying that word right, am I? Where's the word? Am-
0: ambiguities.
1: Yeah, of the case to ensure that. In his words, justice was served. And it was, the case was very unusual because it was not really like a case of victim and predator. It was more or less, we got to figure out who the person was and who will talk, wait it out. So, Richard McFadden, he's 87 years old. He was, or is a lawyer, but now he's retired. He represented, uh, McLeroy Rex. Elroy. McElroy Rex. In numerous cases, and after the killing, he actually represented his wife, his widow. Uh, She, or he believed there was, like, enough evidence to prosecute Mr. Rex. And uh, he believes one of the gunmen was... The suspect named by the widow, the town got away with murder is pretty much what he was going after.
0: I'm confused. What? There was enough evidence for prosecution, <laughs> but they didn't have a.
1: They. They didn't. They. Okay, so there's two suspects involved because they found two weapons, is what they're saying. The wife said it was one person and gave a name because. Rex was shot in his truck out front of the liquor store buying beer, and his wife was sitting next to him in the truck. But okay. her story didn't match up with what police were like, evidence story brought. You get what I'm saying?
0: That's weird as fuck.
1: Yeah, so it was. Yeah, they never really linked the evidence to the suspect that the widow was saying was involved in it. Okay. And. McFadden, oh, was quote, he was quoted in a lot saying that the town got away with murder. Like, pretty yeah. much saying that, you know, everybody covered it up from the sheriffs all the way down to the town folk.
0: Okay. Town folk.
1: Town folk. So, the police chief at the time who oversaw, like, the investigation was Hall, uh, Riddle. Wait. How?
0: He's a police chief and his last name is Riddle. Mm-hmm kind of ironic okay
1: so the police chief actually disagreed with what mcfadden had said and uh he said that the prosecutor mr baird pushed aggressively to bring a case to trial but that investigators were never able to secure enough evidence to charge someone with the crime so saying pretty much like yeah we got the suspect's name we hate we hear what the widow's saying But even with the name and you placing them there, we still don't have enough evidence saying that, you know, he was 100% there. Okay, yeah. Is what he was saying. Their hands are tied. Yeah. And like he was, he even said, he was saying that Mr. Baird was trying his hardest and Mr. Baird even got in trouble for pretty much only talking about specific things and, put it into his own words to get his own way of justice. He was working the system type deal. Don't they all? Yeah. So, the police chief was quoted saying, if we could have proved who it, who who had done it, he would have been prosecuted, or he, he would have prosecuted him. That was said by police chief. And he's retired now. And because of this fucking case, he was extremely frustrated with his career because it was never solved. And he really, really wanted to solve this case because it was one of the biggest cases in his town.
0: Kind of sounds like it was solved. It just wasn't...
1: Yeah, they never really actually put a name to it.
0: Yeah.
1: So, the town, like, I don't they, what do you call it when you do like a memory of something memorial. memorial thank you well they're not really memorials though but they do have a tiny downtown park that like has a memorial of it like, it's a memorial that displays the name of a mother or like a mother that was expected expecting and she was actually murdered and her fetus was cut out from her womb stuff like that they have a downtown park that's memorialized to her for that but road signs of uh, like young men who disappeared nine years ago they have like pictures of them and like this town is just has tragedies all over it and they like memorialize them Hmm. it's really weird I don't know. So, they think they just have a dark past, and they're kind of just overlooking this one, because they're like, we got other shit to worry about. This isn't that bad. We got rid of one of the fucking crazy people. Okay. I'm just rambling at this point, be honest with you.
0: (laughs) I want to get to the part where it says what he did. Oh, it's somewhere in here, yep.
1: Yep, pretty much. So, uh, Rex, during his years of travel-making... And after killing, and after a killing, that many here feel was forced by a... Never mind. There's, they're pretty much trying, I was pretty much trying to say there that he, all after all this troublemaking, it forced one of his community members to fucking put his ass down because no one was fucking, you know, dropping him a peg or two, yeah. <laughs> getting him, or consequences for his actions type deal. Got
0: quite a consequence. The ultimate consequence.
1: Uh, pretty much, yeah. And that's... Yeah, I didn't know how to say that. <laughs> that's uh, kind of a bad way to say it. Poor choice of words. Uh... <laughs> all right, after, uh... This is a quote. After all these years people talk about it still, meaning that they still talk about the crime and shit like that. This is from a restaurant owner... Uh, Marla, she's 37 at the time. She actually remembers being, like, hurried inside of her house for safety whenever Rex came into town. Oh. Yeah. Just, uh, it was... Th- this dude was pretty crazy. Alright, anyways, I'll get into what the fuck he did. So, Rex was shot... In front of this, like grocery store by an elderly gentleman, that's what was being said, and he was shot in the neck. And Rex was known for uh, stealing livestock, harassing women, destroying property and threatening lives. Uh, Rex had been charged with numerous felonies over the years. His lawyer estimated that he was charged with at least three felonies a year, but he was never convicted.
0: How?
1: I have no idea. The streak ended when a jury convicted Rex of second-degree assault in the grocer sh- grocer's shooting.
0: Oh, so he shot the elderly man. Yeah. Okay.
1: Yes, sorry. Sorry, yeah. That was the first time he found himself in the courtroom. Was He shot. An elderly gentleman in the neck. That's nice. Yeah, with a shotgun.
0: Jesus.
1: Yes. So the jury actually gave him the full punishment, maximum sentence, and that only held two years. Wow. And the judge, without protest, or yeah, without protest from Mr. Baird, he actually released Mr. Rex. So the prosecutor pretty much just allowed the judge to release Rex on bond pending appeal.
0: Okay.
1: But he got quickly rearrested after oh, no. he was apprehended in town with a rifle. And he was never again released from custody.
0: Yeah.
1: yeah. When the court hearing was uh, postponed, there was a meeting in town with the mayor and the sheriffs attending to discuss Rex. Within hours this was when he was still out and about. This was uh within hours Mr. Baird heard that there had been a shooting downtown and he was sure it was Mr Rex because he gotten you know, they got the reports of him being downtown with a rifle and that he knew that it was rex that was doing the shooting it wasn't until like hours later that he learned it was actually rex who had been shot and that he was sitting in front of or sitting in the front seat of his truck alongside with his wife and that a gentleman shot him in the neck. hold on oh, Jesus fucking Christ. do do Dude, this is ridiculous! It's
0: not that big of a deal! I know you've had a hard day, but just.
1: It's really woo-saw. ridiculous. I can't woo saw because now I don't even know where the fuck was up.
0: They had the meeting, and then he found out about the meeting.
1: Mm hmm. Then he was shot alongside his wife. Uh, they were picking up beer. Bullet casings from two guns were found. As many as like, 60 people reported to see this play or be at the scene. No one saw anything nor saw anybody wielding any of the weapons. Hmm. The local major, or the local major case, like investigating squad, whatever the fuck you want to call them, (laughs) and the Federal Bureau of Investigations, plus three grand juries, heard the evidence, but even after federal prosecutors forwarded to, or forwarded to to Mr. Baird, uh, they pretty much said that they need new evidence like this, they can't get anything off this fucking evidence damn yeah it sucked and this fucking case has been all over newspaper magazine accounts there's even a best-selling book called in board or (laughs) wow in broad daylight a murder in skidmore missouri
0: skidmore sounds like a nasty place
1: it does and later it made its way into television movies It was actually a television show and a movie. I just didn't put a slash in between television and movie.
0: Cool.
1: Yeah, very cool. So, I actually found an article where the journalist reached out to, to Rex's wife by phone, who since has remarried and left the state and was not interested in talking about the case. <laughs> Good for you, girl. <laughs>
0: I'll answer your phone and let you know I'm doing great, but I'm not talking about it.
1: Yeah, so I cannot find any new information <laughs> about her, nor even where she moved to. They're just like, yeah, it's not the same state. Hmm. Uh, anyways, Rex, uh, he has been dead for almost like 30 decades now.
0: 30 decades? Uh,
1: sorry, three decades, 30 years. <laughs> and uh, a round number of his residents have like... they.
0: A round number. I it, don't think that's what you wanted to say. It wasn't.
1: Was was not what I wanted to say. A lot of his residences, they... they <laughs> wow, God fucking damn it. <laughs> a
0: lot of the residents?
1: Yeah. So, there's a lot of people have a lot of different reports about him. Okay. Like, even the bar that he goes to. Anyways. Yeah, it... Doesn't really matter. I have no idea what the fuck I was trying to say inside that. (laughs) It's yeah. Anyways, this yeah, I my case notes suck. I suck at this. All of it. Anyways, Mr. Baird when he like had to leave his office because he you know was fucking prosecutor, county prosecutor, he became DA, he actually ran to become part of the Democrat primary, like he was trying to be fucking part of Congress and shit like that, or Senate, and he didn't get any of the votes, he actually lost the Kansas and the Missouri shit. Anyways, his predecessor, this dude, Robert Rice, which I didn't really get into him anyways, but Robert Rice actually grew up in missouri in skidmore growing up hearing about all these stories and he was young when it happened so he kind of vaguely remembers all the crazy shit that was happening around it and around town he's actually brought like opened up older re-cases for like re-examination and has not reopened this case even though he has you know he's grown up hearing stories Mm. and stuff like that and he was actually asked if he ever will, and he said, I don't know if I ever will.
0: Interesting.
1: So, he himself is kind of like, meh, huh, meh, who fucking cares, it's been 30 so years. So, <laughs> if you
0: live in a small town, if you piss everybody off enough, yeah. you might just go away.
1: And I apologize so much for butchering that entire case. That was like 15 minutes of Are you bullshit. feeling
0: nervous, or
1: No, it's tired? just, do you fucking... You threw off the mojo of the whole thing, making me go first and shit. You forced me into doing it, so then I was like, I don't want to do this. Well, now the (laughs)
0: professional is here. That is so not true.
1: That is true. You should just do a podcast by yourself, and they'll do all the edits and stuff.
0: I don't think people just want to hear me talk.
1: I mean, I could sit in the background and make fun of you like we're in different rooms, but really, I'm sitting right next to you.
0: I don't want that. (laughs) So today I did the story of Kimberly Cunningham, and I call this story Don't Fuck With Mama Bear.
1: Don't fuck with Mama Bear. Don't fuck with her. So I brought in the bong and the weed, and I didn't bring a lighter.
0: So go... I don't want to go do anything. Okay, well listen to my story then, because that's a good one. So this story has the best possible ending, but I'm not going to lie, it starts out really, really... Is it long? Really rough. Not super long. Can you just sit back and enjoy it and shut the fuck up? (laughs) The corners of his mouth are like flicking up and then going back down. Flicking up and going back down. (laughs) Amanda Cunningham says she will always remember the day her Uncle Coy raped her. I told you it was rough. Quote, I remember I had my purple Little Mermaid shirt on. He told me to take my clothes off and I said no, so he took them off of me. And that was her like as a tiny little nine-year-old girl. When this happened, and that was her speaking on it. Koi Hundley was very inebriated when this happened, which Amanda said was a common occurrence. He would rape her again a few months later. Amanda kept this dark secret for more than five years. During this time, the secret ate away at her because she was nine and a little tiny baby little angel, and somebody took advantage of her that was in her family, and she was scared to say something. Amanda had been a straight A student and had grades that were slipping over this five-year period. Her mother described her as listless and withdrawn. Her mother, Kimberly, also recalled Amanda completely losing it and laying outside of her bedroom door screaming and crying until her mother finally would agree to let her in and lay down with her and sleep with her on her bed. So that happened, like, often. I knew there was something wrong with her, but I didn't know what it was. That was a quote from Kimberly, the mother. During this almost five-year period between the actual sexual assault until the point that Kimberly became aware of it because Amanda told her, her and her daughter's relationship had deteriorated. They were arguing all the time. Mm
1: -hmm. They
0: did not have any kind of relationship. Until early one fall day in 2003... Out of pure frustration, Kimberly had loaded Amanda up in the family car and told her she was taking her to the juvenile detention center. Because she was misbehaving really bad. That sounds like something my mom would do. She definitely threatened it. Okay. She was pleading with Amanda and asking her why she was acting the way that she was. Because she was being so out of hand. Kimberly calmed down a little bit. And I think she kind of like reevaluated what was going on and had a thought, and she asked her daughter who had been bothering her. Maybe that was the reason behind the like super sudden personality change. Kimberly then just started listing off people in town because I guess her daughter didn't want to like say who it was. When she got to Koi's son's name, So that uncle I talked about in the beginning of the story, she got to that guy's son's name, so Amanda's cousin. Amanda shook her head yes. Okay. Kimberly, doing the right thing, immediately went to the police with this information and let them know that a rape had occurred against her daughter from Coy's son. She then took her younger son, Shane, the only other kid she had, out for a meal at McDonald's and asked him if he had ever been touched inappropriately or made to feel, in a, you know, weird by Koi's son. And Shane admitted to her that he had touched him. And it was not a one-time thing.
1: Oh my god.
0: Yeah, the story gets really bad and then it gets a little better. So Kimberly is aware that both of her kids are being molested by her brother-in-law's son because all of these people are in-laws by the way these people that i'm talking about that are abusing these children are her husband's family mm, not even yeah. her fucking fil- which it's not good either way yeah, it Doesn't matter. but it is. i'm just saying kimberly claims the police never filed charges against cory's son or coy's son they just took the police report and then nothing ever happened amanda didn't give her mother many details either She was very vague. um, But Kimberly continued to press Amanda about the situation. And Amanda just really couldn't bring herself to tell her mother absolutely everything that was going on. Specifically, the rape committed by her Uncle Uncle Coy. She says, quote, I didn't want to tell her because that was way more embarrassing to me because he was an adult.
1: Uncle Coy? Coy's son is Uncle Coy?
0: No, so... She admitted to her mom that Koi's son had molested her, which he did. She was afraid to tell her mom that Koi also molested her,
1: and raped her. Oh, gotcha.
0: Yeah. Um, But I just thought that hit me. I was like, man, there's this young little girl, and she's too embarrassed because this disgusting man. It's just it's a bad situation. Let me get to the good part. Okay. Obviously... This little girl and her little brother were going through a lot, and the girl was keeping a lot of it a secret because she was scared, and that's awful. To make matters worse, Coy and his family threatened Kimberly after she filed her sexual assault claim against Coy's son. But finally, on October 6, 2003, Amanda asked Kimberly to come to her room so she could talk to her about something. She started off by telling her mom that she had been having dreams about her uncle Coy. Kimberly responded by saying she knew that there was more that Amanda was trying to tell her. At last, Amanda broke down and told her mom everything about how Coy had forced nine-year-old Amanda to perform oral sex on him, and then he raped her, and then he raped her again a few minutes later and threatened her and told her not to tell anybody. Everything finally had clarity for Kimberly, As Amanda got ready for school that day, Kimberly slowly started to absorb the situation and everything that had been told to her and going on. What happened next was the talk of Knoxville, Tennessee for years. Don't read ahead. Just enjoy the story, babe.
1: I'm not reading ahead.
0: Kimberly hopped in her car, drove her happy ass down to the tool company that Toy... Toy... Koi Hunley worked at. Um and I'm sure there was literally steam coming out of her ears as she was driving down there. She called Coy and asked him to meet her out in the parking lot, which he did. When she got there, she confronted him about the rape of Amanda. And she said in an interview that she was hoping that he would deny it. Um, 39-year-old Coy laughed in her face. He allegedly asked her, what are you going to do about it? Kimberly then promptly shot that piece of shit scum five times, then reloaded her revolver and shot that bitch five more times. In the head and in the chest. Very nice. Yeah, nicely done, Kimberly. Obviously, dude died. She testified in trial that she will never forget the way he laughed at her that day. Witnesses to the killing say they remember her firing those ten rounds, getting back into her car, calmly pulling out, Into the, you know, at the end of the parking lot, putting on her blinker, pulling out onto the main road and calmly driving off. Like, no speeding off, no, she just very calmly got in her car.
1: She knew what she was doing.
0: Abided by the traffic laws and drove wherever she drove. Um, no more than 45 minutes late, but I just love that she's the kind of person that she's like, I'm going to still use my blinker.
1: (laughs) None of you guys are Jesus. You don't know where I'm going. Can't read minds.
0: (laughs) Blinkers are important.
1: (laughs) Blinkers are very important.
0: So, no more than 45 minutes later after the shooting, she was in the Alcoa, Tennessee police department telling police about the shooting and turning her weapon over as evidence. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know why I thought that was so funny. I killed him, and here you go. Let me wipe that blood off for you. Speaking of her gun, Kimberly obtained a concealed weapons permit after taking lessons at a firing range in August of 2013. She carried the weapon in her purse ever since she got the permit. This was shortly after reporting the sexual assault charge against her son as well as Amanda that she got this CCW permit. After Kimberly filed the initial police report, uh, Coy's family threatened her to the point that she was afraid for her own family's safety, so they, like, they really went. They ran with it. Coy's family allegedly even told Kimberly that no one would ever find her body if she kept, like, quote-unquote, causing a problem. Kimberly initially went to trial in April of 2015, and a Knoxville jury acquitted her of the charge of first-degree murder, but the jury was deadlocked on the charge of second-degree murder. So it was a, what is that called, a mistrial. The second trial commenced in October of 2015. This jury acquitted her of second-degree murder, but they did find her guilty on the charge of voluntary manslaughter, which I feel like, yeah. Yeah. You, at least,
1: you can go home. You at
0: least need to get that, because you did kill somebody. She was then sentenced to four years in prison. That sentence was recently appealed and reduced to six months in prison.
1: (laughs) Time served. She shouldn't get out already. Yeah,
0: I'm sure she's out already. And I think because crimes of passion I think are looked at slightly differently than Mm -hmm. and that was because nothing that the son fucked with both of her kids. She did the right thing. Went to the police, made a report about it did the whole thing nothing fucking happened yeah and then she finds out that the dad is doing the same fucking thing and then he laughs in her face when she asks him about it like i i don't blame her not even a little bit
1: no i would shot him
0: i read like a blurb about her and i was like i'm fucking doing this story like yeah don't fuck with mama bear man do don't do it
1: don't fucks with it, man
0: Okay. Well, we do have social media. We got Instagram. We got Facebook. Booze, bullshit, and true crime. I also have a Gmail. It does exist. Send me shit. Send me your stories. Send me pictures of your cute puppies. Just write us an email, please. Booze BS and true crime at gmail dot com. That's booze BS and A N D true crime at gmail dot com. Um. Sounds good. I guess we're done with episode. And I'm going to go sit on my ass and drink my wine. And yeah, you guys have a good night. Bye. Bye. Bye!